So many shades, they thought I had a lazy eye. Huh? Shorty roll me smooth as my Mercedes ride. Huh? No love, cry when only babies die. And when I go, that casket better cost a hundred thou. I pray to God I look my killer in his eyes. Snatch his soul out his shirt, just take him for that ride. OG is one who's standing on his own feet. A boss is one who guarantee we gon' meet. Huh? Fuck a blog, dog, cause one day we gon' meet. I'm a spaz on your ass like I'm on me. Or a double stack, better nigga, double that. Jerry Jones money, nigga, you a running back. Herschel Walker, Go Jack. Ricky Waters, better run that dope back. Boss, and I put that on my Maybach. 400 down, bitch, you wish you say that. Bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a boss. Bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a boss. I play the shots. Huh? I call the cops. Huh? We in this bitch. It's going down. Yeah, I'm the king that with my motherfucking crown. Tuesday, it's 8 p.m. It is time for a little sucker punch. 
We're going to get into a topic, uh, Joe, uh, that we've talked about behind the scenes. Uh, it's been a long-standing topic in boxing for a while now, uh, and that is bosses in boxing, right? Who are the bosses? What is a boss? And uh, let's get into it, Joe. Uh, how's it going? Doing great. Right? Cause I'm waiting, anticipating for you, lady. I wanna get next to you, girl. <laughs> well, there you go. Look, uh, let's start off the topic real quick. Apparently, yes, Canelo, who I think, uh, if using the kind of definitions we're gonna get to later, can definitely be considered a boss. Apparently, he's gonna be moving up to cruiserweight in May to challenge. Where's WBC belt? Apparently, that fight has been approved. That news came to me from Apex Predator. Um, as Shusan says, it's a game changer with breaking news. Suleiman to give away another WBC belt. Uh, why don't you give us your quick thoughts on that one before we get into today's topic, Joe? Well, a lot of people are saying that they think this is a cherry pick. But once again, I think... You got to look at the fact that it's a challenge because it's not moving up one weight class. He's moving up two weight classes to a, to a division that we never thought he would even venture into. And this is a, a current WBC cruiserweight champion who yeah. formerly held the belt before losing it to Tony Bellew in a very uh, entertaining fight while it lasted. He knocked Tony Bellew down in the first round. He's got um, 25 knockouts in his 28 wins. Uh, six feet, 74-inch reach, pretty much the uh, similar dimensions as Sergey Kovalev, who gave him a lot of problems with the jab. So this is a test in its own right. It's a fight that I believe he should win regardless because of how much skill he has, and maybe the skill gap would be wide. But the danger is still there with the bigger guy, uh, a guy who has knockout power. So it's an interesting, interesting fight. Um and it, it intrigues me. So this will be a, a weight division number five for him, right? Winning titles in. So this is a history-making fight more so than anything. It is. And I think that anyone who's going to criticize this fight has really got to ask themselves, would you complain if he was fighting Charlo? Um, is this a worse fight than Charlo? Is it a less meaningful fight than Charlo? Uh, I think the answer to that is no. Um, and in many ways, I can make strong cases for why I think it's uh, a more meaningful fight than taking on Charlo or many of the other well, names that have been bantied around. But, Joe, go ahead, Joe. What does Charlo bring to the table, to be honest? And that's no disrespect to Charlo. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Charlo fight, but what is what is what does Charlo bring to the table? He's a former cha- – he's a champ at 160, but, again – Biggest name on his record is uh, Sergey Devranchenko. Yeah, you know, and, he, and, he's, and he's had some tough outings before as yeah. well. The last right? one against Montiel, and he has Montiel. a he has a title essentially that uh, Canelo essentially vacated. If we're going to be honest about it, yeah, he moved up to one sixty eight. So look, it is what it is. But look, here's the question of the day uh, here on Power Punch, uh, Joe Habib, and and me or I. Uh, <laughs> We take a worker's perspective when we analyze a sport, analyze the sport and the dynamics in the sport. And one of the most important distinctions uh, in any kind of uh, 
social analysis or analysis of societies is analyzing our class, you know, um, you know, or people working class. It's a name you hear or term you hear all the time. Uh, middle class. So you always hear people referring to capitalism and what all that entails. We're going to get into it. I, I want to um, talk about that. I'm going to be referring to uh, an expert in the field on this. Professor Richard Wolf, uh, who's a economist and a Marxist economist, actually, uh, who's done a lot of work on um, class analysis. But look, I want to share my screen for those of you watching, uh, for those of you listening. I am going to put this up on Spotify. Um, if you subscribe to Maestro A, you will find it there tomorrow, probably. I'm going to read out a quote uh attributed to none other than Floyd Mayweather Jr., who we started out with. And this can be found on the Internet. Uh, you can look up this up. There's YouTube videos around it. Uh, there was a, a YouTube video here where the title was, Damn, Mayweather ethers Pacquiao, bosses him with H-N-I-C status. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it's head nigga in charge, okay? I signed you. You're my employee. So Floyd Mayweather... Let's stick to the facts. This was uh, prior to uh, Bob. Uh, sorry, prior to Pacquiao um, fighting Broner, um, when I believe it was he was referring to that period, anyways, when Pacquiao left Bob Arum's top rank and moved over uh, to fight with the PBC. So Floyd says, "Let's stick to the facts. Bob Arum is no longer your promoter. So when it comes to at Mayweather promotions and PBC events, I'm the head nigga in charge." Bottom line, I make more money than you. I beat you. Then I signed you. I was only at your fight supervising you, my employee, any real boss would do. You made $10 million for 12 rounds when I just made $9 million in under three minutes playing around in an exhibition with a pizza delivery guy. I beat you mentally, physically, and financially. Remember, you fight because you have to. I fight when I want to, uh, that again was attributed to Floyd Mayweather uh, Jr. Joe, before we get into the kind of details about this and kind of the, the more thorough analysis of the topic, what are your thoughts generally when you hear fighters referring to themselves as like bosses, as power brokers in the sport of boxing? Well, you have to ask yourself this question, and it's something that I've said time and time again. Uh, basically the flow chart in boxing is the network pays the promoter and the promoter pays the fighter. Okay. So at that particular time when Floyd Mayweather was talking, and, and again, no one could take anything away from the drawing power and the financial success of Floyd Mayweather. I would be an idiot if I even tried to do that. Right. But let's just be honest about the situation. Okay, Al Heyman is the guy that works with Floyd Mayweather. And, and we all know Al Heyman uses uh, these promoters as front men in order to put the shows on and, and work with these commissions in the various uh, states that he puts on fights. Right. Because he doesn't have a promoter's license. But make no mistake about it. Al Heyman has the TV contracts. Right. So a promoter cannot function without the TV contracts, and a fighter cannot function without having a place to fight on, right? 
So Floyd Mayweather had to had to use Al Heyman. So it's not like when you look at a situation like Bob Arum, Bob Arum is doing everything himself. He's the one brokering the deals and getting these the, the ESPN deal, right? Or or prior to that, the HBO deal. Okay. Floyd Mayweather does not have the TV contract himself. Now he did sign a, a deal exclusively with Showtime. Credit to him when he was a fighter. When he was a fighter. But all of the fighters that he has under his banner are coincidentally managed by Al Heyman, right? And all of the events that Floyd Mayweather promotes have the PBC logo in the ring, right? Top rank, when they promote events, they have the top rank, top rank logo on the ring. And that's the only, unless they're co-promoting with someone else, that's the only banner that's going to be in the ring. Regardless of the show that Mayweather promotes, any fight that's under Mayweather Promotions banner, it's always going to have a PBC logo in that ring because, again, I think Al Heyman's really the boss. He's the guy behind the scenes pulling the strings. So the guy who's the boss is the guy who brokers the TV deal, in my opinion. So a lot of these companies will sit there and say, you know um, – I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss. But technically, you know, you're working, you're working with with a um with a promoter, right? You may have a promotional company, and you can even look at Floyd Mayweather before he fought Pacquiao, he was fighting all Golden Boy fighters. And Golden Boy, once again, they own the rights to all those fights. Mayweather doesn't own the rights to the Maidana fight, the Victor Ortiz fight, um, all those, all those fights that he had. When he when he was on HBO, now when he when he when he moved over to to Showtime, right? Then he started, you know, having his moving away from from uh, De La Hoya, right? And then when he fought Pacquiao, but even when he had that deal with Showtime, he was still having he was still using Golden Boy as the promoter. They were the guys doing the heavy lifting, promoting those shows. And all he did was put his his logo in the middle of the ring. After the, when he fought the Pacquiao fight, that's when he became exclusive. But even then, Al Heyman is still right there with him, right? So I don't know if you can call him the boss when all these fighters are that he promotes are PBC fighters and they're being managed by Al Heyman. So I I, I still question whether he is you know the full fledged sole boss of the operation. Not, I, I don't think he 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 runs his operation in the same way that Bob Arum runs his. No, I I agree with you uh, on on that, Joe. Um, being a boss uh, is, is more than about how much money you make. Um, you know, it's really about the power that you wield. And look. I'm going to get into uh, a lot of this in, in a moment, and we're going to go to a, an expert on it, as I alluded to earlier. But he's not the only one speaking like this. Um, you know, in fact, there was a promoter out there. His name's Eddie Hearn, head of Matchroom Boxing. A lot of people are calling him Rematchroom Boxing these days, given their insistence on rematch clauses. But Eddie Hearn's been going around also making the claim that fighters are the real bosses in the sport, 
or at least they should be. And here, here's here's Eddie Hearn talking about it here. But when you talk disrespectfully about your fighters, obviously that relationship's going to break down. And also, the game's changed. What Bob doesn't... If you said to Bob, Bob, you do realise that Tiafimo Lopez and Terence Crawford are your bosses. What do you think Bob's response is going to be? You know what I mean? I know, right? So he thinks he's the boss. He thinks the fighters work for him. And we come from a different era where I have no problem from an ego point of view to say I work for every one of these guys. It doesn't matter if it's Anthony Joshua or Sal Canelo Alvarez or Mark Castro in his second fight this weekend. He's my boss, right? So that's the mentality I have. I have a job to deliver for my bosses and they're all my bosses. I work for them. And it, it's only people with massive ego who come from a different era who say, no, 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 no. Oh. So next time you guys interview Bob, I want you to, to get him to say those words. Terrible. Well, that, uh, that, that video was from uh, Eddie Hearn. Uh, Joe, give your reaction to it bullshit. and I'm going to go to Professor Wolf. Go ahead. It's bullshit because who gave – who has the DAZN money? Anthony Joshua or Eddie Hearn, right? Now, when Anthony Joshua, if he's smart, right, mm-hmm. and I think he has one fight left with Matram, he should do what Canelo's doing right now. Canelo truly is a boss because he can go wherever he wants. No one can tell him where to go. He he could he has he has uh, Eddie Reynoso as his manager, who works for him, and he basically puts the deals together for him on behalf of Canelo. Yeah. But but Canelo can deal with these networks. Well, he he's dealing with these networks himself, right? Anthony Joshua is getting paid by Eddie Hearn, okay, exclusively, right? So you could say that he's on a fight to fight with, with Matram, right? But, he's, but, he, but he also had a deal through Eddie Hearn with Sky. So the guy who's paying you is your boss, right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't disagree. And look, let, let's listen to what Professor Richard Wolf has to say. He's one of the foremost economists and analysts of this particular topic. Uh, so let's let's hear him break down the uh, class divide and how class works. The way class works in our society can best be understood if you think about how a business works. In most businesses, the people who do the work come five days a week, use their brains and muscles doing what the employer sets them as tasks with the equipment and materials the employer provides. At the end of the day, they go home and the employer keeps the fruits of their labor, which the employer then sells. And the goal of the employer is to get more money when he sells the output than it cost him to buy the tools, equipment, raw material, and hire those workers. Class is this difference between those who do the work, the overwhelming majority, and those who gather the profit into their hands. The way our society splits up the output leaves those who get the profits in the position of deciding and figuring out what to do with them. And we all live with the results of what a really tiny minority in our society decide to do with the profits everybody produces. The profits in our society are huge. Uh, When you think about 500 to 1,000 large corporations in the United States do the overwhelming... So we'll leave it there. Um, I mean, look, as he plainly puts it right those who use their brains and their muscles and provide the work that leads to the profit 
uh, or the workers and those who essentially reap the rewards, rewards of that profit or actually the bosses, the power brokers. And using the definition that he gave just there in that video, I would definitely say that, yes, promoters are the quote unquote bosses of fighters in a typical class analysis situation. They invest, right? The the, the fighters do the work. Uh, they generate the, the, the revenue and then the promoters get paid off the back end. Am I off on that at all, Joe? No, not at all. Right? And here, and here's the thing. Why does a promoter have to lock a fighter in for a specified amount of fights and basically say, this is what your, your minimum is going to be. And, you know, uh, he, he, he dictates when you hear Bob Arum talk, he's the one who's discussing the finances, right? You can, you, you as the fighter can negotiate, but at the end of the day, he's going to tell you what you're getting. And, you know, you can't say, well, you can say, I don't like what I'm getting. I'm not going to fight. And then he can turn around and say to you, well, then I don't have any fights for you. So basically your, your destiny is in his hands. Whereas Canelo can say, because he doesn't have a contract, he could say to the zone, okay, such and such is going to pay me 40 million for this fight. Can you match it? No. Then I'm going over to Showtime. Now, Tiafimo Lopez, the only reason why he was able to do what he did was because the fight went to purse bits. And he sat there and complained about him and his him and his dad are sitting there talking about how their bosses and we we call the shots and we're gonna get paid somewhere else. And lo and behold, what did they do? They went right back to Bob Arum and signed a, another long-term deal. So basically you're going to be making what Bob Arum tells you the fight is worth. And I've heard Bob Arum say this several times. He said it when I interviewed him. This is, this is what the fight is worth. Okay, so if, if, if someone is telling you what something is worth, basically like an employer telling you, this is what this job pays, this is your salary, right? You don't get paid. You get paid by the hour, right? But you don't get paid by the, by the difficulty of your job. Technically, they say you do, but you really don't. Because here's the thing. You go to work one day and someone calls in sick. You're getting double. You have to do double the work, but you're not getting double the pay, are you? So, again, you know, you don't have control of your own destiny. Because if you're not in a union, you're an employee at will. He could fire you for any reason. Regardless. You could come in with the wrong color shirt one day and he may not like it. And he could tell you to, to go screw, right? Yeah. So I mean, so the fighters are the, are the same way. Oh, you don't like this fight? You don't think you don't think that, that I'm gonna be I'm, I'm paying you what you're worth for this fight? There's no fight for you then. Sit on the shelf. Absolutely. Look, the only fighters I think that are actual bosses, if we look at the typical capitalist economy setup, are, are essentially Canelo. And, you know, I struggle at this point to find any other ones. I mean, Canelo's the only boss right now in boxing because Canelo's, he's a free agent. He's the only boss. He's not he's selling with- his services to the network. And he's actually his own promoter. Right. So when you let's if you look up that fight, Caleb Plant, right, 
You look yeah. up the let's look up Canelo Plant, and we're gonna Canelo look at Plant the Plant was was uh, TGB, I believe, uh, and Canelo Promotions. Look, we'll and we'll look at we'll look at who the who the lead promoters are, and if you, I, I take your word for it, but let's uh, let's just take a look, and we'll yeah. see. So the Goat Mario P says, I don't think people have the choice to complain about pay. You can always say to your boss, it's all about having leverage. Once you have that, no one can tell you shit. Look, I'm going to get into that in a moment because the next thing I want to go into is kind of the, yeah. need, the need for a union. But, Joe, you wanted to make a point? Then you could say, well, you can quit and go somewhere else. But it, it depends on, on, on what's out there for you, too. Depends on the market. Look, it, it all depends on the market. Yeah. So look, look at this. Look at this. Now, when you look at it, it's this promoter. Mm-hmm. Saul Alvarez is in is 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 in front, and then it's and then it has a comma, and then it says Tom Brown. Yeah, TBG so, Promotions. Yeah, so so Saul Alvarez was actually the lead promoter, right? Yes. In his in his fight, so Absolutely. that's truly he was truly the boss. Yes. So now so now let's look at let's look at Floyd Mayweather, right? We'll just look at a couple of his fights. And again, this is no knock on Floyd Mayweather. It's really not. Obviously, you sound like I would be sounding like an idiot if I'm sitting there trying to question, you know, uh I mean Floyd Mayweather business is business is acumen right now as, as the promoter of, of, of other fighters, you know, whether it's Badu Jock or anybody else. So uh, we can get into the question of what he does for them and how good he is as a promoter. But yes, go ahead, Joe. So let's open up this mini pet. Let's look first. Let's open up the Marcos Maidana fight, right? Yeah. Where it goes to event, we'll open that up. Mm-hmm. And it says promoter Leonard Ellerby and Oscar De La Hoya wasn't a boss at that time. No. So Canelo Alvarez yes. actually had his name as the promoter. He th- so. Leonard Ellerby is listed as the promoter and Oscar De La Hoya, right? For the Maidana fight, right? So now let's look at the Pacquiao fight. And let's look at let's look at the Alvarez fight when Mayweather fought Alvarez. Let's Go look for who, it. Let's look who the promoters were there. Richard Schaefer is the, is the lead promoter. And then Leonard Ellerby is number two. So who's the boss? Oh, then you could say, well, Leonard Ellerby works for him. Yeah, but Bob Arum. When you look at the the fights that Bob Arum promoted, right? Like, look, let's look at Pacquiao. It says now. Now this was the first time he broke off on his own in 2015. Floyd Mayweather is listed as the promoter, and then Bob Arum is number two. All right, Mayweather. But 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 here's the thing. Al Heyman's pulling the strings behind the scenes because he's the, because he's the, in that particular fight, that was exclusively Floyd Mayweather. Well, let's look at the Andre Berto fight. That was exclusively promoted by Leonard Ellerby, right? Yeah. Look, so the it, only, it, and, and now let's look at the Conor McGregor fight real quick. And it, go ahead. And then I want to make a point about that. Promoters, Tom Brown, Leonard Ellerby and Dana White. Okay, so like the only promoter, the only fight that he promoted exclusively himself was like he was really his own boss was the was the Pacquiao fight. Thank really? you. And look, uh, before I get into my analysis again, he's not, he's not his own boss. 
No, he's not. And I want to just revisit this. I know it's a little academic, but I, I do want to revisit this one more time and and share uh, this analysis again by uh, by Professor Wolf because he makes it very clear who the worker is, who the boss is, and I don't want to get into what's going on in boxing. The employer sets them as tasks. It can best be understood if you think about how a business works. In most businesses, the people who do the work come five days a week, use their brains and muscles. So this is the boxer. They use their brains and their muscles, right? They go to work. They're applying their trade as boxers. Doing what the employer sets them as tasks with the equipment and materials the employer provides. Promoter provides the equipment and materials, right? Right, Joe? Provides the ring, provides the lights, provides everything for the show. At the end of the day, they go home. And the employer keeps the fruits of their labor. Sounds like Ellerby got paid off of that, right? Tom Brown got paid, correct, Joe? Yeah, yeah. The employer then sells. And the goal of the employer is to get... And the employer sells that labor to who? To the broadcasters, correct? Yeah. Right? That's the relationship. When he sells the output, then it costs him to buy the tools, equipment, raw material, and hire those workers. Doesn't that make sense, right? You sell it to the to to the TV outfit at a profit, right? After paying all of the upfront costs, that is the promoter. The promoter is the boss. Like even if the fighter is getting paid five million, if the promoter is making a profit on the work of that boxer, the boxer is the worker. The promoter is the capitalist. Is the boss? To me, it's very simple. Now look. People will go around and say that they're bosses, whether it's Lion's Den promotions or takeover promotions or or anything else. But one thing that you've just shown us, Joe, is that in each of those incidents, and we're talking about one of the biggest guys to, to talk about being a boss, Floyd, he actually wasn't the real boss in that equation. Still not the real boss. Al Heyman's the boss because he's the guy that's, that, that, that is, is, is brokering these network deals. Floyd is not negotiating these network deals. Al, ha- Al Heyman is. He's the boss. 100%. And look, the point was made earlier about a GOAT Mario P. I want to revisit it. I don't think people have the choice to complain about, hey, you can always say no to your boss. It's all about having leverage. Once you have that, no one can tell you shit. Joe, let me ask you something. As employees, you and me, what is the way that we exercise leverage in terms of negotiations? We, well, I, I have a union. I have a union too. Yeah. That but, is how you earn leverage. That is what's needed actually in boxing to help fighters uh, leverage their, their power, what they have. I mean, there's power in numbers, as the old saying goes. But this is why, again, behind the scenes, we've been talking about the need for fighters to create a union. Because for every... Floyd Mayweather that's out there earning millions while he's also making millions for his promoter. There are, what, 10,000 maybe, probably more uh, active fighters that are toiling away, not earning those kind of paychecks. Go ahead, Joe. Here's the thing. When people talk about, oh, well, unions suck. You have to pay union dues, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you pay your union dues, right? But it's pennies on the dollar, Right. Seven like my my union dues are like I think it's seven dollars a seven dollars a week right, so you times that by fifty two that's pennies on the dollar, but I'll tell you this, for the first time in a, in a in a long time, finally got a, a good percentage of a raise more so than I like, 
when I was working at in the private sector without without being a, a, in a union, the percentage the percentage of raise I got and and the amount of benefits I got were were significantly lower than when I was in a union. So that offsets my union dues right there because I got a bigger percentage of a raise, right? And, and my benefits are better, right? So I just think that not all unions are great, but having a union is better than not having a union because it gives you that protection. And it, and, and, it, and it tells your employer, this is what he does. You can't make him do something else unless he wants to. I was asked to do a task one time. And the guy said to me, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do this task, but you don't have to. I can't make you do this task. I did it anyways because, you know, I'm, I'm looking to uh, to um, be a team player. And I'm, 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 you never know when you may need a favor one day and someone goes to bat. You do, someone, do something for someone, they'll do something back for you. Usually one hand washes the other. So I did it. But technically I didn't have to do it. Whereas if I didn't have that union, I could have been exploited. Yeah, you're going to do this, 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 and this. We're going to we're going to give you ten jobs instead of the, the one job you were hired to do. So again, you know, I'm 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 very pro union. I, I think it's crazy that all these other sports have or, or have unions. Yeah, you know, all the major sports have unions: hockey, basketball, baseball, football, all unionized sports. And um, these guys have guaranteed contracts. They get hurt, they get paid. Um, why not boxing? No, I agree. And what's interesting to me, Joe, is on the one hand, you have boxing fans that almost live vicariously through the accumulated wealth of their favorite fighter. Uh, the fighter becomes some almost, you know, action hero or or I don't really don't I don't know what to call it really because I'm not a sycophant like that. Uh, we're now uh, a fighter's you know popularity is tied to his accumulation of 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 money and. People seem to believe that these fighters oftentimes have more power than they do. Um, and even this only applies to a very few fighters, a handful of fighters that actually have real power in the sport. Despite what people may think, boxing fans may think, because they're only really following the Canelo uh, or, or Floyd example, is that the majority of fighters are not living that way or not exercising much influence or not even really doing what they want to do or getting the fights that they want to get because that's the next thing i want to get into too it's like who do we blame when fights uh don't happen a lot a lot of times people blame the fighters but the fighters oftentimes do what the promoters uh want them to do and and for and allow them to do because it's the promoters that are putting up the money for these events um Go, go ahead, Joe. You wanted to say something there. Well, all you have to do is listen to the exchange Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford had. Crawford was talking to Errol Spence, saying he wanted to fight, and he said, call Al, call Al, call Al. That's like the equivalent of saying, well, hey, do you want to come over? Want to want to come out with me tonight? We'll go to the movies. Oh, well, let me go ask my let me go ask my father and mother first. Basically, have to basically not in so many words, and I, and I mean this with all due respect. Arrow Spence was telling Crawford, "I got to ask, I got to ask Al Hammond if I could fight." Ask, he's got to ask his boss. Got to ask his boss. My boss is the one that has a network deal. I, 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 I have to fight where he tells me to fight. Listen, listen, these fighters can't even pick. They can't pick. 
They can't pick where they're going to fight. At least you and I, we could pick where we want to work. Like if we want to, we want to go work here. These guys fight for a living, right? They fight two, three times, sometimes four times a year. The promoter's telling them where they're going to fight. They can't choose where they're going to fight. No. I was I was listening to a very interesting interview. Shout out to the boxing voice that they conducted with Kenny Porter, the father and trainer of Sean Porter, who's fighting this weekend against Terrence Crawford on ESPN pay-per-view. We'll all obviously be watching that fight. And he was essentially saying that in order to secure this fight, that he, as uh, his son's not only trainer but manager, had to speak to Al Heyman, right, and um, essentially asked for permission, and then they brought in uh, Sean Porter, who also asked for permission, and then Al basically gave his blessing uh, to the fight and gave permission for Sean Porter to call Terrence Crawford to say that, like, we're all good on this end. Um, People say, oh, well, Maestro, he was just looking for advice. No, he wasn't just looking for advice, guys. He asked for permission. He was asking for permission. He was asking for permission because despite what a lot of people want to believe, the relationship between boxer and promoter is no different than the relationship between, I could go name any business out there in my neighborhood, McDonald's employee and the McDonald's boss, right? The, the, the boss provides the equipment, the owner of the franchise, let's say, um, provides the equipment, right? Provides the building, provides... You know, the cash register, the supplies, the worker shows up, makes a profit for that franchise owner. And the franchise owner then, after paying himself of the majority of the money, provides a little bit over for, for, for the workers. Now, it is what it is, guys. Let's just stop pretending that Lions Den promotions are their own boss or that takeover promotions are their own boss. They're not their own boss. All right. Um, and again, the only power that boxers are going to be able to exercise is, to G. Hizzy's point, to get together and have a union. Actors have one. Directors have one. The Screen Actors Guild, look it up. All right? I mean, major Hollywood stars are in the Screen Actors Guild. If they have a union, right, Why? I don't understand why people can make the case that boxers shouldn't have uh, the union. Go ahead, Joe. Does Goat Mario P. understand what's going on here? He says, does Al Heyman call the shots? PBC have no say whatsoever. Al Heyman owns PBC. I'm not quite understanding his point. Al, PBC is owned by Heyman Boxing LLC. We <laughs> mean PBC has no say whatsoever. PBC is essentially a promoter, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. What well, they do is they outsource. You know, I look at it, Jordan. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I see them as kind of a general contractor. That's exactly right? what they are. They 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 they're, they're, they're the better product. than a promoter. They they they're bigger than the promoter. It's bigger than the promoter because they're outsourcing the the plumbing duties. In this case, the promoting duties, right? To Tom Brown Promotions, right? Uh, they're they're outsourcing the lighting or whatever else to some other company. They're essentially operating as as a, as a general contractor. But let's not get it twisted. Every single fighter signed to the PBC is essentially an employee of the PBC. Um, you know, it is what it is. Okay, the the, the goat is saying that he meant um, that he meant PBC fighters. 
uh, have no say. No, yeah, no, I, no, no, I, he didn't. He made a mistake. Just he just misspoke. That's okay. Well, that's what he that's that's what he's saying now. He would have uh, said he would have said fighters. He wouldn't have said PBC. Yeah, Premier, Premier Boxing Champions was created for television by Heyman Sports LLC in January 2015. PBC is a boxing series that re- return. So that's that. So basically, PBC is Al Heyman. So there is no there is no separate entity. Carlos Adamas, employee. F.A. Jogba still on here, even though now he's with Top Rank. Employee. Guys, these are all employees. All right? Uh, Emmanuel Alim, uh, Devin Alexander, Alfredo Angulo, uh, Chris Ariola. These guys are employees just like anybody else. And I get it. Some of these employees are, are paid better than others. Um, but at the end of the day, they're all employees. And as Joe showed, Joe, you can, for those of you who are joining us a little late, you can kind of just surmise what you said earlier. The fact is, Floyd, up until his last two fights or so, was an employee, was he not? He was he was an employee for all his fights except for basically the Pacquiao fight, which he actually was 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 the, the was the lead promoter for that fight because it wasn't going to get get done any other way. You know, exactly. The one and- time he worked with Bob Arum, made it a point to to, to have. His name as the lead there. He wanted to have one up on Bob Arum. So that was the one time when Floyd pretty much did call all the shots. He did. Uh, And I'm going to play another video here real quick. Again, another person that's been promoting this view that the fighters are the bosses. Okay, we can can pretend that they are, but, you know, we know that they're not. Gee, as he says, capital has power when they take risk and invest in a venture. In this case, it's the promoters who make the investments. Labor, the boxers, gained targeting power by unifying his unions. The, 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 the promoters don't really take the risks. They don't because th- when they first start out, they do. Bob Arum is not taking a ton of risks anymore. Neither is Matchroom. Neither is, is, neither is any of these top promoters, but I'll tell you why. If a network is giving you the money, then what risk are you taking? You're 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 well, playing with someone else's money. This is the dynamic that I think needs to be needs to be like, like what what risk bit. what risk is Bob Arum taking when he's guaranteed slots on ESPN and well, he uses I, ESPN pay per view for his pay per view provider? Unless he's talking about the initial risk, um, Joe, when they were setting up the companies and registering the business with the state, and you know. At the very early on stages, there was an investment. But at this point, for major promoters, and Joe, you can disagree with me on this, but at this point for major promoters, you have essentially three people involved in the equation, maybe a couple more, but the main one is the worker, the fighter, the promoter being being the, the boss, the capitalist, and the consumer being the television provider, right? Now, if it's pay-per-view, that's another story. But typically, the consumer is the television outlet who then resells it to their own consumers. That's kind of how I would look at it. But look, I want to play some video real quick. Again, we've got Eddie Hearn um, kind of stirring the pot here, you know, pr- propagating this myth that, that fighters are, are bosses. Right? Take all We'll talk in two years after my ESPN deal. But the one thing I'll tell you about takeover promotions, which is the same thing I'll tell you about Canelo promotions, and the same thing I'll tell you about Canelo promotions, all these promotional companies, the one thing they don't want to do is take any risk. 
Yeah, because this is, is what bigger promoters do. Of course. And it's a tough business. He's talking about rematch. Like, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. <laughs> 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 We're talking about the risk that is on the show. Yeah. So as I always say to Bill and Debbie, so if this show loses a million dollars and you're my co-promoter, yep. are you in for half? No. But you got to. Well, in but I want to ask you a well, question. I say like this though, yeah. investing, sorry, Pa. Investing, you have to, in order to invest, you have to lose first before you gain don't, anything. Don't, my advice to you. I invested in myself. Yeah, I took whatever I had don't, to take. Don't invest but I'm not going to take No, I'm not going to show. Okay. Let the promoters lose the money. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Just of make sure you get the right deal. That's yes, of course. It's bullshit. I am. I mean, that's I just, bullshit. Yeah. All right, I'll stop it right there, Joe. It's bullshit. Let, let the promoters lose the money. Again, you're being backed by the zone. You're not losing your own money. Stop it. Stop it. And, yeah. and, then, and then he's saying, well, let the promoters lose the money. Why? Because if we tell you, if we lose the money, we still gain control over you. Agreed. If you, look- it's like this. It's like this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you have a, a, a rich guy that has a, a, a dime piece girlfriend, but she got no money. Right. And and she sits there. She doesn't have to do anything. Right. But he p- pays for everything, buys her clothes, food, whatever. She's living the life of Riley. Right. But but what does she not have? Freedom. Yeah. Because everything goes through him. Don't worry, honey. You don't if if, if the rents do, well, I'm going to take care of it. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But, what not- is, but, but 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 when you when you do when you allow someone to have that much control, right? Then you lose your say because then he could turn around and say, well, what are you complaining about? I'm the one that put up the money. Nah, don't ever listen to that. Don't well, fucking, don't sit there and say Canelo, Canelo. Um, see, Canelo has made enough money and Floyd has, has made enough money where they, they, they're playing, they're playing with house money now, right? Yeah. Even when they lose, they still win. Here's my point, though, Joe. What he's talking about in losing is really what he's talking about is losing a percentage of profit. Because he's talking about losing a percentage of profit because the money is being fronted by his consumer, which is the zone that's already upfronted the money from the beginning. So, look, uh, he's making a distinction between Matchroom and between Devin Haney promotions and takeover promotions. He doesn't want. He doesn't want competition from the fighters. He no, doesn't. He doesn't want. He doesn't want the fighters to truly be the bosses. Absolutely, and and what what essentially he's saying is that they they're not taking risk, but he's not taking risk either. What they don't have that he has is an exclusive television contract with the zone. I'm going to play a little bit more of it, Joe. Um, let's see what else. You have to say here. Hey, no, we don't gotta tell nobody, bro. Hey, no, but it's all good. But anyway, I gotta say something. I gotta say something, and it's something that I loved about what Eddie said. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Not me. Okay, the fighters are the boss. The older generation. Yeah, he's the boss. That's why he was on the shelf for a year and a half. I'm sure he wanted that. So, I'm sure he wanted that. Teofimo Sr. is there. His son is there. You know, again, oh, my son, you hate these guys. All you do is talk about Teofimo and his dad. No, but this is a very good point, though, that that is being made here. The point is they seem to believe that they're bosses. Uh, They seem to believe, again, we started the show with Meek Mill and and Rick Ross. I'm a boss. Uh, The fact is, Joe, 
What has the last year and a half told you about their status as being bosses? Bouncing around from top rank to Triller, from Triller to DAZN, reschedulings, cancellations, reschedulings, cancellations. If a, if he was a boss in a typical capitalist sense of what a boss is, a boss is someone who buys labor, right? Uses that labor to make money for himself, right? Pays that uh, laborer, the, the employee, the worker, a small percentage of the profit. And that's how the capitalist makes money. That's capitalism. In, in, in that understanding of the equation, how is he a boss? Here's the problem. Why even worry about that right now? You're 23 years old. Make as much money as you can and then become the boss. You don't have enough capital yet to call yourself the boss, right? Use these guys and make your money, right? Use these guys and make your money, and then you can become a boss like everyone else. Floyd Mayweather had to pay his dues, right? Oscar De La Hoya had to pay his dues. Canelo had to pay pay his dues. Finally, they became promotional companies, right? Canelo's promoting fights in Mexico. He's doing some good stuff out there. He's, he's being helped out by Eddie Reynoso, whatever, right? You won one big fight, and congratulations to you. It was a phenomenal performance. We understand all that, right? But stop trying to jump too far ahead and get ahead of yourself. You know, you, you, you want it all right now. You just got to relax. What one I would, big fight. I would, oh, I gambled on myself. I mean, that's every fighter gambles on themselves. Uh, didn't didn't Usyk gamble on himself when he fought Joshua by moving up to heavyweight? I mean, everyone gambles on themselves. Every fight, if, and by that definition, every fight is a gamble. Every fight is a gamble. Every fight is a gamble. By that definition. But look, I want everybody to understand this point that Joe and I are making, just to keep it clean and clear. There are two types of people in the world generally. Those who sell their labor, the workers, those who buy labor, the capitalists. Now, within that working class, there are some differences. You've got the educated workers with the degrees, and maybe they're working in, in, a, in a, a white-collar job. But if you sell your labor, you are not a boss. You are a worker, even if you have supervision duties. Because Joe used to be a supervisor, right? Used to be a manager. Did you have final say, or did you take your orders from somewhere else? Always had to go. uh, Very, you know. I had a say. This is what I would get. Okay, this is your operation. This is what needs to be done. You could do it however way you want to do it. But these are the expectations, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, if those expectations don't get met, regardless of what the situation is, whether it's out of my control or not, right? So, for instance, uh, I worked at a, um, a nursing home, and we, basically, we the, the amount of budget we got was based upon the, the census of the nursing home. So, say there was nobody in the nursing home, right? Then the budget went down. But still, we still had the work. The work changed. So if, if, if the census went down like 10%, then the budget would go down immensely, right? Yeah. But the work would still not be that much different. So they made us cut labor, right? So they made that was your work. That was your job. Yeah. So cut labor. That was your job. Yeah. So they, they made us cut labor. So, so basically, 
I had to do more. I I had to do more work and less managing if, if, if the census went down because then I had to cover shifts myself. I, I I had to send people home early. You know, I had to cut hours. So it was better for me to have to have the census there, right? But if the census goes down, then I'm then I'm crushed. So I, I had I was micromanaged, but. I was told that I wasn't, basically. Yeah, right? so let me get to a quick super chat real quick. I want to give a super chat to Nando, a uh, big supporter of Matador Boxing and HCP. He said, would boxing go without any promoters? Um, who else would pay for developing boxers? Essentially, you need to kind of totally flip the script in this regard and set up a system where there was some kind of a fighter's league paid for by, by dues, by a union, and that union would hire people to run the operation. Look, at the end of the day, the NBA could be owned by its players. What would happen, though, is that the NBA would hire employees to run the NBA for it. And what would happen is those profits that go to NBA franchise owners, because the NBA is a cartel, right? You gain, you gain entry to the NBA by paying a fee and by becoming an owner, Okay. Um, essentially, you eliminate that person and replace that with a system where the workers are the owners and the owners, you know, essentially hire uh, people to run the operations of the business. So that's essentially what a cooperative is. Uh, you guys can look that up. There are certain businesses run as cooperatives and they're essentially businesses owned by workers. But look, that's a drastic step. I think what Joe and 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 I'm saying this, I think Joe is as well, is that in the intermediate time, I think rather than try to be promoters themselves, I think the first step really here is for union. them to organize as workers and, and start a union. Union. Go for it, Joe. No, I'm, I'm about to say uh, the, the, the first step is getting a union. They need more bargaining power. You know, and then you hear, then you hear things like, well, they signed the deal. It's their fault. And I get it. But I, but I've, I've talked about unconscionable contracts, right? Where a promoter is taking advantage of someone who may not be as educated as educated as them in, in their particular field, right? So when fighters sit down and do contracts, right, uh, it's really imperative that they get a, a lawyer to look over the contract, and they they have a management team and all of that. But when there's so much pressure on them to put food on the table. Say they say say they 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 need to support a family. They need to support their kids. You, you got to cut the background noise when you come on, please. So they need to they need to um, support their kids or whatever. So they're in extenuating circumstances. So there's pressure on them at that particular time. Then they, then they're in perfect position to be preyed upon. So they're going to take any contract they can because they're in desperate needs. And if, and if the person, such as the promoter puts in front of them such a one-sided contract and they still sign it because they're in they're they're, in, they're, un, they're under extenuating circumstances under all this pressure then they're being preyed upon right and at some point in time that contract should not be enforceable because they're they're being exploited right so i before before i go to uh virtuoso who just joined us i want to shout out a supporter of the the channel slide tendencies uh i think you tuned in late it, it teofimo is only the last example we gave before teofimo we talked about floyd 
We talked about the Charlo twins. We talked about um, Tiafimo is a is a gaff machine. He's uh, a gaff machine. It's, a, it's not my fault that he's on camera. Come on, bro! Like like <laughs> Tiafimo does it to himself. Maestro don't don't have to do a damn thing. All Maestro got to do is play the clips, and let and let the freaking comedy begin. Oh, let's have let's have a catchway, Josh Taylor. We'll put both titles on the line. Uh, I'll fight you uh, at 138. Uh, but Tiafimo, though, lightweight limit is 135. So his own promoter called him a schmuck. He's a gaff machine, guys. Come on, stop. And his dad uh, even more so. Look, let's bring on Virtuoso. Virtuoso, you're live. This is Sucker Punch with Maitro and Joe Habib. What are your thoughts, fam? believe we got virtuoso there's virtuoso on mute he's not on mute virtuoso are you there yeah i'm here uh my internet is a little bit choppy my connection is choppy can you hear me clearly now we can hear you loud and clear virtuoso what's good uh yeah i just heard you guys talking about Tio, and uh i like him but like yeah i guess, I guess he's getting way too ahead of himself for me, I don't think he's he's reached a level of success that Canelo has to be calling the shots. And what him and these fighters are, are very uh, unaware is that they have a very inflated sense of entitlement. And I, I, I think union leadership, you know, could help these guys, you know, get to where they want to be. But the thing is, though, there, there's like uh, because boxing is lastly for capitalism, you know, it's Whatever, you know, whoever wants to do it, you know, it's how they goes, as they say. You know, they're, 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 they're not really, you know, organized well, you know, because everything is, like, so atomized as, as, as far as labor is concerned. You know, there's, they, they get separated by uh, promotional and network boundaries, uh, talent level. There's, there's all these factors, right? So it's it's a real challenge, really, to really start that that kind of endeavor. But it, it, I think it's possible, you know, if people, you know, if, if the fighters can like set aside their differences and understand that, you know, they're the only like sport that doesn't have a trade union, then yeah, they're gonna have to start wising up because like the money that they're getting from networks, right, is being skimped out. They pay more for the NFL, which is on for like four months of four months to. to to five months a year uh and they get paid like hundreds of billions of dollars in tv revenue the nba all these they have they have an off season boxing doesn't quite have an off season but these fighters do have you know you know they they have their own individual schedules and i I know that but they should be covered you know regardless of what what they are you know where they they fall in there you know whether they're middle class or they're just starting out or they're journeymen you know they should be protected because they do you know the last thing you want to hear it's Riddick Bull riding the bus or, or driving the bus, you know, just to make ends meet. No, and it, this, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing for me, uh, as an observer of the sport who also looks at other areas of the economy as a worker, looks at my own employment, looks at the employment of people like my brother Joe Habib. I'm, I'm a worker. I, I, I know I'm not going to be a capitalist. I know I'm not going to run a corporation and be the big dog and, you know, keep all of the profits to myself. It's unfortunate to me as an observer of the sport that I hear fighters talking about being quote unquote bosses as opposed to uniting with each other 
and creating actual power and flipping the script. I mean, it's like a, a, a boiled down, concentrated version of the American dream. It's like, I'm going to get mine. Fuck you. I'm going to become a millionaire. That's my goal. It's like 50 cent. Get rich or die trying. When I hear Devin Haney promotions, when I hear the takeover promotions, when I hear Lions only promotions, like, what was it? Uh, Sweet Hands promotions. Like, it's all of these guys trying to become their own uh, mini capitalist uh, bosses, owners, when in reality, what yeah, they should every, uh, every fighter is apparently an LLC, a limited liability right? company. Joe, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, am I off on this? Or do you see them trying to be bosses as opposed to trying to create actual power like the NBA Players Union or the MLB uh, Players Association or whatever their unions are called? Go for it, Joe. You're on mute, I believe. They need to put in the work and they need to acquire the capital before they start calling themselves bosses. Tiafimo Lopez is 23 years old, right? When, when make a lot of money, I know you just won a big fight, but there's a lot more to do. Establish yourself first before you start calling yourself a boss and you start worrying about being a promoter. Focus on your career right now. Floyd didn't start uh, becoming a promoter in, in until he was well into his 30s, right? That's when he started to become a promoter. This kid's 23 years old. When Floyd was 23 years old, he was worried about winning fights and winning titles and becoming the best in his division. That's what Tiafimo Lopez and these other guys need to do right now. It's okay to want to become a boss. But, again, it takes time. They, they, they want it right now. They don't have time to wait. And everyone wants to be a superstar right away. And I, and I get it. I'm an impatient guy, too. But at some point, reality has to kick in. And you have to have self-awareness in your situation. And, um, you know, you just got to establish yourself first before you start calling yourself a boss. No one just walks in to a company and becomes CEO overnight. It takes time. So it takes time for these boxers to become bosses too. And in my in, in my view, I mean, it's it's just the wrong trajectory. Uh, I don't know why someone who's been exploited for so long, or says that he was being exploited when he was with Top Rank, right? Um, top Rank. Oh, Floyd. Top Rank. Talking about Floyd, and then to another extent, Oscar. You know. Yeah. Then once, or T.O., all three of them said the top rank was, like, exploited them, and I have no doubt that they were. Then wants to turn around and start promotional companies that do the exact same thing. Who 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 exactly is benefiting right now greatly under uh, Mayweather promotions? Maybe Tank Davis? Or what? How's Badu okay. Jack doing? This you know, what you got to ask yourself. Who signed, who signed there? That's what you got to ask yourself. Yeah. When you look at the, the, the guys at PBC – uh, Floyd Floyd technically wasn't a PBC fighter. He was just he was just an Al Hamman managed fighter. Outside of Deontay Wilder, right? And now Caleb, now Caleb Plant, who's really made that the 10 digit paydays? They're making decent money, right? I think Tank's making like five million a fight. But who's making that Deontay Wilder money, like that 45 million type money for a fight? Right? Nobody. Caleb Plant made made a nice payday, $10 million. That's great, right? I don't know how much he'll get on the back end with a pay-per-view. Could end up getting 15. To be fair, to be fair he got that because of Canelo. Of course. Right? Of course. He got the, 
Virtuoso, any last comments before we let you go? You know, I've been hearing a lot of, you know, people say that top prank is kind of like a dictatorship. You know, they do kind of eat their young, but they do, you do fight, you know, your, your opponents that, you know, supposed to get you ready for the big ones, you know. But uh, iron sharpens iron over there. But um, in PBC land, you know, they have a, an illusion of a democracy there because everyone is, a, is, have, is their own boss. But no, they all have to listen to Al Heyman, you know, who's a very shadowy figure, you know, controlling the purses of these fighters, you know. They're not really independent contractors. They're, they're owned by Al Heyman. They're a 360 deal fighter. You can argue that Tank is probably the, the highest paid lightweight in the world, but there's a lot of other guys like Canelo, Joshua, even like Wilder. Guys are making huge money, man. Yep. Uh, virtual, so I'm going to let you go because we're about to wrap up and send people over to D-Style. Uh, but thank you so much, as always, for calling in and for supporting the show. No problem. Who would, who would you say the highest-paid PBC fighter is? Right now, the highest-paid PBC fighter is probably Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I do want to get to one one point, though, that Nando makes. He said, has Golden Boyd exploited boxers? In the Marxian terms or Marxist term, I'd say he, they do because they take profits, they keep the bulk of it, they they pay the the the, the a boxer uh, a percentage of that. Now they said that they weren't profitable per court order. Um, maybe that was is the case now, but they were definitely prop, profitable when they had the lucrative HBO contract. And for everyone who's making money, like uh, you know uh, um, Canelo, uh, there's a guy like Andrew Cancio who's cut. Remember him? Um, you know, the guy who was a day laborer while he was a world champion. Um, you know, there's got to be more cases like that as well. And look, I'm going to end it on this, Joe, and then go for you for final thoughts. But for those of you who believe that, like, lion-only promotions and takeover promotions and Haney <laughs> promotions and these are real promotional companies, look, at the end of the day, Eddie Hearn actually does end up revealing himself when he does stuff like this and clowns these guys. For, for thinking that they're bosses. And make your day real quick. Really? I think I'm making, I don't think you've had this many followers on your account in about three years, to be honest with you. Oh, you're a damn liar. You better go check your numbers. Come on, let's you see. You never check the numbers. Show us some work. Hey you, hey, you need to start checking the numbers, bro. Come on, let's see some work. You talk a lot. Let's see that work. Yeah. Hey. Who'd you want? Who'd you want? Yeah. Who you got? You tell me. You want, you want. Hey, yeah. who you got? Andrade? Andre? Tell me a hit list. So, man, who you want? I told you, Andre. A lot of people talk about you fighting Chris Eubank Jr. Hey, we work. Hey, hey, we still work with quarantine and not ass out. Ass out, Hammy. Who's that? <laughs> you told me you're your own boss. He just exposed himself there, Joe. He's exposed himself. Lions only. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Lions only. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, that's, hor that's horrible right i mean you're either your own when, boy, when was that when was that that, that was uh, 400 pounds right oh shoot one second. Let, me, let me slow that down that was that was uh before the doubleheader pay-per-view that he did with his brother oh god uh, when uh, when uh Hearn was trying to get him into a fight with uh andrade and look had that been Lions-only promotion on its own um, and they had to put up the money like like a capitalist, 
Uh, they would have taken a huge bath on that pay-per-view because, look, from what I remember, that wasn't a successful one, was it? No, it was not. Right? There you go. So any any last th- thoughts on this, Joe? Yeah, how many pay-per-view buys is Tank gonna going to do in his next fight? I think the over-under on that shouldn't be any higher than 200,000. 200,000, right? And I think I think if I was had a gun to my head, I'd say it won't do over 150. No one knows who this dude is. And it's at a bad time because I'm gonna say it's gonna do 170. Yeah, because there's other there's other there's other there's other pay-per-views that people are gonna buy, you know. Um it's it's there's even other showtime pay-per-views. It's like only a couple weeks later, and they they put Jake Paul on, and bo- a couple weeks before it, you've got Crawford Porter this Saturday. You know, People complain about these tank fights, and I get it. But you know what? Who cares? You know, let him do what he's gonna do. Because guess what? Got we got Porter Crawford. You know, we got uh, Usyk Joshua two coming up. Um, you know, we have these Canelo fights. Canelo's gonna, you know, Canelo's gonna fight this guy, this cruiserweight next, uh, Makabu, whatever his name is, right? The guy that that uh, that guy that uh, Bellew beat, but um, Makabu. Magabu, yeah. So he's gonna Congolese uh, champion at two hundred pounds. But but you know Canelo has a track record of you know he may he may have a, a softer touch, but he always comes back with a good fight. One hundred percent. Always comes back with a good fight. Canelo right now can do anything he wants. I mean, yeah. uh, he, he can do whatever he wants. And again, he is actually a boss uh, because he's fight by fight. He's an independent contractor that contracts out. Uh, to subcontractors, Eddie Hearn actually is a subcontractor for Canelo when he's working with him. You know what I mean? Uh, and his consumer is the zone, and the zone then flips it and sells us uh, its consumer. So, look, let's get to a super chat, and then we'll wrap up on this slide tendencies with the ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much, Mister Slide Tendencies eighty seven. I appreciate your support of the channel and of everything across ATP. Jeffy Ventura tried to start a union in the WWE. He said it failed because Hulk Hogan ran to Vince McMahon. He found out during their lawsuit that Hogan was making more than all the wrestlers combined. And that's what it is. I'm going to hit that button again. Thank you. Look, the model here, guys, shouldn't be for a bunch of mini uh, wannabe capitalists. All right. Um, trying to start their own promotional companies uh, like we saw earlier, right? The model should be guys uniting, get in the bag, exercising power, uniting with one another. Don't try to be an Eddie Hearn. Try to be a Jesse Ventura, okay? Because that, the, the reality is, I'm sorry, most most guys are not going to become uh, multi-million dollar promoters. It just isn't there. So, and then the other thing I wanted to say finally as I check out of here so, is that if you're willing to pay sanctioning fees, why shouldn't you be willing to pay a union due? That's going to be my final thought. It's a um, phenomenal, phenomenal point. Of, of, of the show. Joe, any last thoughts? I'm looking forward to this fight this week, and that's all I can say. And make sure you guys watch uh, HCP right after us. Absolutely. Go check out HCP. I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Uh, thank you, Joe, for uh, as always, for doing this show with me. Thank you so much. Uh, take care, everybody. That is it for Sucker Punch. The takeover. The takeover.